It's our week one of our Holy Spirit series today, and I, man, I'm excited. Uh, I've been praying uh, for this whole series for a while now, but it's specifically this week. And, um, you know, I, I want to say first and foremost um, that if you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, all right, according to Scripture, the Holy Spirit dwells within you, okay? So if you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit is in you, all right? And I don't say that. The Word says that, all right? That's what Paul talks about. That's what Jesus talks about. Ephesians 1, verse 13 and 14 says this, And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, He identified you as His own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom He promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that He will give us the inheritance He promised and that He has purchased us to be His own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify Him, okay? So the Holy Spirit is that stamp of approval. It is that seal, that promise, all right, that we are now God's. So this morning is not about, do I have the Holy Spirit or don't I? If Jesus Christ is your Savior, if you confess and, and believe in your heart, profess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, the Holy Spirit is in you, all right? Hear me on that first and foremost. That part's done, all right? I also want to say that if you've ever come to Beaches Chapel... And you've walked through the doors and you've uttered any sentence like, man, when, I've, when, we, when we walked in that first time, it just felt like home. Or it felt, uh, I just had this feeling, you know, that you almost couldn't explain. Have you ever, had a, ever expressed that before? Or maybe you've said, I don't know what it was about worship today, but when I got in there and we started worshiping, I just started crying. You know, it's like I couldn't, I could hardly sing. It just moved me in such a way. Or maybe you said something like it was when, when, when the word was given, whether it was, you know, James or someone else, when, when that word was given, when that sermon was given, it was like there was nobody else in the room. It was just me and the Lord speaking right to me. If you've had any experience like that before, I want to tell you right now that congratulations, you've had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Because that is the Holy Spirit. That's not us, all right? If you walked in here and you felt a certain way, it wasn't because of how cool we were, right? Or how amazing the room felt because the AC was set at the right place and the lights were so, and the music was just right, anything like that. That was the Holy Spirit in the room and he was coming into your heart, right? It, you were face to face with the Holy Spirit. Same thing with worship. As great as our band sounds, and they sound phenomenal, they put in the work and the time, as great as they sound, they don't affect the heart. The Holy Spirit does. And same thing with the sermons that you hear on Sundays. All right, I don't call your spouse and go, all right, how'd they mess up this week? What do I need to preach on? Got it, thanks, all right? We don't do that. We are led by the Holy Spirit when we get up here and preach. And it's the Holy Spirit that convicts our hearts. So don't, you don't need to come in and go, well, I, don't, I just don't know about the Holy Spirit. And I've never really, yet, if, you, if you've said any of those things or experienced any of those things, you have had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is awesome, right? Holy Spirit is amazing. I think what's so fascinating about the Holy Spirit, right? Check this out. When we, if we were to announce, hey, we're going to do a four-week series on God, right? Everyone would go, ooh, ah, we kind of lean in. Like, that sounds awesome. Hey, we're going to do a four-week series on Jesus. Ooh, ah, that sounds awesome. We're going to do a four-week series on the Holy Spirit. Some of us in here would go, oh, it's about to get crazy up in here, right? We get all excited. Woo, we holler just like that, right? And others would go, oh, it's about to get crazy up in here. And we'd kind of just go like this, right? Uh, we're going to wait on vacation the next four weeks, all right? It's amazing how within the church, the Holy Spirit is polarizing. Outside the church, I'm not really sure if people even understand or talk about the Holy Spirit, to be honest with you, which is rather interesting, by the way, that outside of the church, the Holy Spirit isn't really spoken on. 
But inside the church, the Holy Spirit can be quite polarizing. But the truth is, whether we are announcing a four-week series on God, Jesus, or the Holy Spirit, all of our reactions should be the same thing. Because Holy Spirit is God. Holy Spirit is Jesus. He's a triune God, okay? And so rather than try and react one way to one aspect of God, we need to react the same way to all aspects of God, including the Holy Spirit. We should all lean in. We should all be excited for what God is going to do. Can I get an amen, y'all? All right, thank you. All right, we're all on board. The reason that the Holy Spirit is so hard to articulate with words and to quantify with, with, with anything is because everything, everything, everything that the Holy Spirit has ever done is supernatural. Everything. If you read anything in scripture about the Holy Spirit, something supernatural is happening in that moment. There is nothing that we can do that the Holy Spirit's done and say, oh, I could have done that. Nothing. Nothing, y'all. Everything about the Holy Spirit is supernatural. And so because of that, we have a really, really hard time explaining the Holy Spirit. And you know what? Praise God for that. I don't want to be able to explain the Spirit of God. Because that reduces the Holy Spirit down to my level. And I don't want that. I want to be brought up to the level of the Holy Spirit. And that happens by surrender and submission. And understanding that, there's, that we're never going to be able to understand the Holy Spirit fully. Try as I might, as much research as I do, as many other sermons that I hear and listen to about the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm never going to be able to get up here and be able to fully explain the Holy Spirit. I don't have what it takes None of us do. Because everything that the Holy Spirit does is supernatural. All of it. And so we have to understand that. We all have to surrender to that. Y'all have to just let it go. All right, we all have to let it go. I'm not going to ever fully understand the Holy Spirit. And praise God for that. So over these next four weeks, we're going to break down some characteristics of the Holy Spirit. We could spend a whole lot longer than four weeks, but we're going to cover a few topics. Today, we're going to be talking about speaking in tongues, all right? We're not going to bury the lead. I want to talk about tongues today because I believe that once we address this, we can then apply speaking in tongues to the other aspects of this series. And I want to say, you know, right off the bat, that Beja Chapel, we believe in the gift of speaking in tongues here, all right? We believe in that. We also believe that it does not make you a better or worse Christian. It does not make you more or less loved by God. You're going to heaven whether you speak in tongues or not. As long as you believe that Jesus Christ is your Savior and you, and you believe in your heart, profess with your mouth, you're saved, you're going, okay? So I don't want us to think any less of ourselves because we have we've spoken in tongues, we will, or maybe we never do, all right? That it's, it makes you any more or less valuable in the kingdom of heaven. That is not true at all, okay? However, we do believe here that there is power in tongues. There is absolute power in tongues. And it would be... It would be us, it would be negligent on our part if we didn't talk about it and offer it to our church, a principle that we stand on, okay? Now, something else we need to, we need to understand about it is that speaking in tongues is always going to be more experiential than it is doctrinal, okay? What, am I, what I mean by that is we, we, we're going to be able to experience it more than we are going to be able to explain it, all right? It's more caught than it is taught, Right? It's a lot like worship, you know? We can, we can come into a worship service never having worship and find ourselves crying on our knees maybe, hands in the air. We don't know what's going on, right? But we've caught something in that time of worship. 
It's the same thing with speaking in tongues. You catch it, and then later it's almost like you learn about it. But if you want to learn and learn and learn, it's going to be a long road before you catch it. It is so experiential. And I want to tell you all, my personal testimony, my experience with speaking in tongues, I couldn't live without it. I could not live without it. I certainly couldn't do this job without it. Lord Jesus, I'm telling you all right now, every sermon that I prepare, I speak in tongues over, and I watch the Holy Spirit reveal things to me in the Word that I am too dumb in my own nature to ever understand. And that's the truth. I'm sitting there typing going, no way. You're so smart. (laughs) People are going to think this is really good, Holy Spirit. But I'm telling y'all, like there are people in this room, several, that know so much more about Scripture than me. But it's the Holy Spirit that reveals things. And that, I'm, listen, there is nothing more exciting than when you read Scripture, a story that you've read maybe 10 times, and you think you know backwards and forwards, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, hey, have you thought about that? Like, what? That can only be the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit only does supernatural things. If I try and rely on the natural, then I'm reading Scripture and only the things that I know and have researched. But when the Holy Spirit does something supernatural, it reveals supernatural things. Thank you, Jesus. I want to say this morning, there is a difference between receiving and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our lives versus being filled with the Holy Spirit in our lives. Okay, and I liken that to... uh, a wedding versus marriage, okay? When we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we receive the Holy Spirit, and he dwells in us. We become a temple of the Holy Spirit, all right? But when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, it's from that point on. Just like a wedding, you're there with your spouse, you become married, but then you have marriage, right? Which you have to pour into. If you don't pour into your marriage, there's not gonna be much there, even though you are married, Right? So the Holy Spirit, you receive the Holy Spirit, you have it in you, but then you have to be filled. Paul talks about in Ephesians 5, continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit. What do you mean continue to be filled? I thought I received. It's something that we pour into over and over and over again. And you know, I liken liken the Holy Spirit, if, if you just bear with me on this comparison, to like coals, right, of a fire. Right, the Holy Spirit is that burning coal, right? And it's either embers where it's just lit, you know? If you ever, uh, anyone charcoal grill, you know, the, when the fire just, it, it's just kind of red on the bottom, but there's no flames coming up. Yeah, that's like our Holy Spirit in us. And then when we want to be filled, right? And we want that, that, that coal to become flame, we got to blow on it. Right? We got to pour gasoline on it. Then, then it becomes this raging fire in our hearts and in our lives. So it can be either one. But how we are continuing to be filled determines the, the heat of the Holy Spirit. That's, 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 my, that's the best way that I, that I can explain it. And I'll say this. In my experience, the greatest way to go from embers in our heart to a roaring fire of Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. It, because it is supernatural. It is that blowing on the fire and the flames get... Huh, higher. All right. <laughs> Didn't plan that one. Uh, that's right. Holy Spirit. <laughs> Thank you for supernatural rhymes. Holy Spirit. All right. 
But worship is amazing. Worship is amazing. Getting in the Word is amazing. But there's nothing like speaking in tongues, in my experience, that makes that fire hotter in our heart. Getting, blowing on that Holy Spirit that just makes this fire roar inside of us. It's incredible. Um, when we speak in tongues, we are speaking the language of our Father, our Heavenly Father. Let me explain something for a second. When we are born into this world, we take on the language of our parents and where we're from, right? We speak English because we were born here in America and our parents speak that, or maybe you were born somewhere else and you speak that language, whether it's Italian, Spanish, French, whatever it might be. But where you are born determines that language, right? What you are, I should say, are born into determines that language. But then we become born again, all right? We are born again when we receive Jesus as our Savior. We receive the Holy Spirit. And then when we ask of it, we receive the speaking of tongues. And now we are speaking the language of our Heavenly Father. Consider for a second, y'all, going back to Genesis, when God was creating everything, and it says that he spoke things into place. He spoke the stars into, uh, into the space, right? He spoke this here and that here. Do you think that he was speaking English in those moments? Like, honestly, like, have you ever thought about that? Like, what did God sound like when he was speaking creation into existence? I don't think it was like, yeah, let's put the stars over there, all right? I'm going to name you Bill, right? Or whatever, all right? Everything that God was speaking in that moment was Holy Spirit language because what God was doing in that moment was supernatural, okay? So God's language is Holy Spirit language, all right? We don't speak his language in the natural. He has given us a language to speak, and we can speak that to him, which we should do. That's what we do in worship. That's what we do in prayer. That's what we do in fellowship, right? All those things. But when we are born again, we are now born into a new language, and that is the power of tongues in our lives. Do we want to speak God's language? a supernatural language, a language that tells stars where to go, tells mountains where to rise, tells seas to part. That's the language of God. That is the language of true authority. That's why in John 16, verses 5 and 7, when Jesus says, But now I am going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I am going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. Check this out, y'all. But in fact... Everyone say fact. fact. But in fact, Jesus says, not opinion, not fiction, not maybe, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Listen, y'all, there is not a greater endorsement that has ever been in the history of the world and that will ever be in the history of the world than Jesus saying, it's better that I go so that he can come. That is an endorsement like you will never hear again. Jesus, y'all, Jesus, who walked on water, who fed 5,000, who, who, who cured the leper, who made the lame walk, right? Who made the blind see, who did all of these things. It's saying it's better. It's a fact. It is better that I go so that the advocate can come. Why? So that you can start speaking my language and you can have that authority language that I have. All right? 
Until now, you're not speaking my language. And if we read, you know, the stories of the disciples with Jesus, there's times where you just want to like wring their neck because they don't understand what he's saying. He's going, don't y'all get it? Over and over, they're like, oh, right? Why? Because they're not speaking his language yet. It's the things that Jesus is talking about in those moments are lost in translation. But he's saying, look, when the advocate comes, you're going to start speaking my language. You're going to start understanding what I'm talking about. And when you speak things out, like my, my father in heaven spoke things out at creation, you're going to see mountains move because you're speaking the language of authority. And he says, look, the advocate, the advocate in the Greek is paraclete. It means encourager, counselor, comforter. When the, when the advocate, the Holy Spirit comes on you, you are going to see things through your own doing, right? Well, not through your own doing, but the doing of the Holy Spirit through you that you never thought possible. The things that, you, that, that I've been talking about that you, that you don't understand, you're going to start understanding because now we are speaking the same language. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in the native language? uh, Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Verse 13, some, however, made fun of them, and they said they have had too much wine. All right, so what we see here first in this story is that speaking in tongues is from the Holy Spirit. All right, and if we know anything about God, God only gives good gifts. All right, so if the Holy Spirit is giving this ability, then it is a good thing. All right, it's not something to be afraid of. It's not something that's bad. It is a good thing. First and foremost, we have to consider who it's from, and it's from the Holy Spirit. The next, they were amazed and perplexed. They heard this, and they're amazed. Wow! And also, huh? Right? Both of those reactions. Listen, I've been speaking in tongues for a long time. I grew up here at Beaches Chapel. This, this is the norm here, right? If you grew up here, you know, this is just what we do, and you're kind of like, oh, other churches don't do that? You know, because we're just used to it. So I've been speaking in tongues for, for a long time, the majority of my life. And still to this day, I am both amazed and perplexed yeah. by it. Yeah. Right? Like, awesome! What was that? Right? But I never want to surrender the amaze because of my lack of understanding. I want to run to the amazement and I'll forget about the perplexed. Right? And there are times, y'all, when, when we've had amazing moments in our church whether it's the men's mission trip, the ladies' retreat, or just times in worship, or even in community groups, or wherever it might be, there's moments of amazement along with being perplexed. And you know what? It's okay. That's okay. You don't have to, you don't have to, like, you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait. I hope you don't. And the third one, those who reject it, mock it. 
because some, however, made fun of them. And there, there are a lot of people who, who don't speak in tongues but still believe it, all right? And they don't, they don't mock it, right? They just don't do it, and that's great. But there are some that do mock it. Some, I've heard people within the church that mock speaking in tongues. I've heard pastors mock speaking in tongues. You know what I've never heard? You know what I've never, ever heard is someone who speaks in tongues mock it. Never heard that. I've heard those who oppose it mock it, but those that have it have never mocked it. Those that have it cling to it. Those who have it, it's, 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 a, it's this possession that we will never let go and wonder how in the world, how in the world did I, did I function without it? We don't mock it when you have it. Only those that are against it mock it. Listen, y'all, you can't be filled with the Holy Spirit and also worry about the world's reaction to it. You can't, you can't, you, we got to let that go. But, but at the same time, like it's, it's basically to the point now where this, that applies to anything with Jesus, right? Like, don't worry about coming to church and worry about the world's reaction, right? Don't worry about saying Jesus. And so where does it end? We tend to put like a, a limit on that. Like I'll, 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 I'll be brave enough to this point, but then if I cross this line, then I'm going to start worrying about the world's reaction. And a lot of that is Holy Spirit. That's the line that we somehow have made up in our own head and in our own heart. That's that, that's that moment that we're going to start caring about what the world thinks. But we can't. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, you better forget about what the world's going to think about you. Because they're probably going to make fun of you. But that's okay. Because, well, never mind. <clears throat> we can make fun of them too. They got screwed up. Right. I'm going to do that. Thank you, Jesus. We love them. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14.4, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. So I want to take a moment here and talk about the difference between what we're really talking about today is having our own personal prayer language versus a corporate setting, okay? When I talk this morning about speaking in tongues, I'm talking about your own personal prayer language that, that, is, a, that is for you and your own growth in your walk with the Lord, not... In a, in a setting full of people, all right? And that's what Paul is talking about here in this. He's, he's making a difference here. There's the personal time, and then there's the, the corporate time. And so, yes, at Beaches Chapel, we believe in speaking in tongues here, but we also very much believe in order, all right, within a service. And so the reason that we don't go willy-nilly on just, you know, from beginning to end is because if you walk in here and you don't know Jesus, you don't know nothing, you just came here for that first Sunday, you're not going to be edified by any of that. You're not going to understand any of it. And you're going to leave going, well, never doing that again, right? <laughs> and so Paul's talking about here, he's like, look, tongues are great, but like for the non-believer, it doesn't do them any good at all, right? It does them no good. And so we believe in order here that if it comes from the stage, out from the pastor and the leadership, that's awesome because there's order and understanding there. We can talk about it from the stage in a mic, right? Under the covering of the elders. But if we all just start going all this stuff, that's, that's not order. That is not God. And a lot of the New Testament is correcting that kind of behavior within the church. And so as much as we believe in the power of speaking in tongues, we believe that God is a God of order. By the way, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All right? 
So as we talk about tongues, you need to understand too that it's not going to have you writhing on the ground, foaming at the mouth, being someone that you're not. The Holy Spirit, we're going to talk about this more next week, brings self-control. All right, so don't come at me and say, well, I speak in tongues. I can't even control it. It's like I just start drooling. My tongue comes out and I, I, you know, worship happens. I just, no, that's, that is anti-Holy Spirit. Yeah. All right? And so, yes, we believe in the power of speaking in tongues, but we believe in order here as well. And that goes on to say this. I want to talk about this. And first, just to kind of, I'm not up here to debate anything. All right, I'm not. But I do want to address this this morning because it is, it is talked about often. And it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 11. I mean, sorry, verse 7. It says, The spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. All right? Paul is making a very clear distinction here. This, these verses coming up are about helping each other, about church corporate setting. Think about this. It's about the church body, not the individual body. Okay? Verse 8. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to one another. Or to another. And to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gift, gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. All right, so what Paul is talking about here is within the church body, all right, as we edify one another, as we are a body functioning, we all have different gifts and abilities. Break it down like this. But, or, but let me say this. But what he's not saying is that individually we, we don't have any of these things or can't apply these things. So break it down like this. I'm the pastor here, right? My role within Beaches Chapel is to preach on Sundays, Okay? That doesn't mean that you go home and go, well, James talks about Jesus on Sundays, and that's his gifting, so I can't talk about Jesus here at home. That's his gifting. Or I can't talk about Jesus at work. That's his gifting. That's not mine. Or so-and-so really has the gift of healing. Man, when we're sick or we got something going on, like we go to that person for prayer, and man, it's amazing. That doesn't mean you go home and say, well, I, I need prayer for healing, so I'm just, I, but I don't have that gifting, so I'm not going to pray to God to heal me. All right? Same with pr prophetic. There's people within the church that have a gift of prophecy, right? So when you come up to the altar, there's, and there's a lot of, of that up here, I'll tell you. And that's a, one reason why we determine who prays over people, because of that prophetic gift. But that doesn't mean when you go home, you go, well, I don't have the gift of prophecy, so I can never hear from the Lord. Okay? And so that's what's being talked about here in this moment. There are those that have the gift to speak in tongues and corporately as long as there is an interpretation of those tongues in a church setting. Otherwise, it's out of order. But that doesn't mean that because we don't have that within our whole collective church body, that when we go home or when we're in our car or we're by ourselves or on a walk on the beach, that I can't speak in tongues because I don't have that gifting within the church body. See what I'm saying here? Okay, so there is that distinction there. And I just want to make that incredibly clear because Paul even says in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, verse 5, I wish you all could speak in tongues. And again, that's under that same context. I wish all of you could do it, but he wouldn't wish something upon us that isn't of the Lord for us to have, and, uh, you know, and, and that, was, that was anti, right? See, and it's so good. But in, a, in, the, in the setting of the church, it's not for all, everybody to have. Because again, if we all had it, and then that non-believer comes in who hasn't accepted Jesus and doesn't have that Holy Spirit within him, it's going to leave. And y'all, it's about growing the kingdom. Before anything else, 
It's about the unbeliever coming in. We want to grow the kingdom. And how we grow the kingdom is when we are with the Lord in our own time, praying to Him in our own language, but also in tongues. We have that Holy Spirit fire going, and then we see the non-believer. We see the future believer. God gives us those eyes. The Holy Spirit leads us, and then we're able to have courage. Remember, if, if you weren't here last week, we talked out of Acts chapter 4 with Peter and John when, he's, when they're talking to the court, basically. And Peter says, with, filled with the Holy Spirit, he began to preach. He began to preach. He was brave. He had courage because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he began to talk about Jesus. Just like here at, at Pentecost, at Acts 2, Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit. And what does he do? He starts preaching, right? And so as we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we start talking Jesus more and more and more. But if we're a church that's only speaking in tongues all the time, that person's never going to hear Jesus. We want them to hear Jesus. All right? So we're going to have the band come back up, and we're going to close with some prayer this morning. Um, but before we get there, I want to say, and don't raise your hand on this at all, but just ask yourself if this sounds familiar in any way, shape, or form. When you're praying to the Lord out of your own language, your own understanding. And it's like, Lord, just pray for my children that they would do good. And What are we having for dinner tonight? Right? What time is the Jags playing today? Oh, sorry, Lord, sorry. Uh, where was I? Children, yes, children. Uh, just pray that, you know, God, protect them, bless them. And what's the weather going to be like this week? You know? Ever, I don't know if that's you. Sometimes our, our mind can tend to wander with the best intentions that we have when we're, when we're alone with the Lord, you know, whether we get up early or stay, whatever that time is. We can just start to wander. Our thoughts take hold of us. And the beauty of tongues is that that doesn't happen then. It doesn't happen then. What I love if I can break down speaking in tongues the most, it's, it's all power and it's no pressure. Right? It's all power and it's no pressure. Because there's also those times when we're praying and we're like, God, is this even your will? Like, am I even praying the right thing? Did I just waste all this time praying something that's counter to what you want? Or, or we put that caveat on the very end, Lord, if it's your will, right? I just spent 20 minutes asking you for these things, but then I'm just gonna say in two seconds, Lord, if it's your will. Because now all of a sudden I remember that, you know, I'm, I'm submitting to you. And so I put all this pressure on how I pray. Am I even praying the right thing? Am I supposed to be healed? Am I supposed to this or that? And then we, we like end up beating ourselves up and all that time with the Lord is just, it's like, what do we do? What do we just accomplish? When we speak in tongues, it's all power. It's all supernatural. And we're praying the language of our heavenly father. And our selfishness that we might bring into a time of prayer is left at the door because we don't even know what we're praying. It is, I, actually, when I did youth ministry, I heard a teenager say this in youth, and I'll never forget it. She said, speaking in tongues is the most selfless prayer you can ever pray. It's the most selfless prayer you can ever pray because we don't know. We don't know what we're praying. It's all to the Lord, and we surrender our own agenda and our own will completely because we don't even know what we're praying. It's all power, and it's no pressure. And I think it's really interesting, y'all, if I can really be totally honest, I think it's really interesting that we are so willing to accept 
the fact that there was a talking snake that tempted a woman with an apple in the Garden of Eden before we are able to wrap our brain around the fact that maybe, just maybe, God has given us a prayer language that is only meant for He and us alone through the power of the Holy Spirit. Talking snake? Sure, why not? <laughs> Speak in tongues? Oh, you crazy. <clears throat> like, what? You know? Like, for real. Can we just be honest about that? But why is that? Because the enemy does not want us to speak in our Heavenly Father's language. Because there's power in it. Supernatural power when we, when we pray in tongues. And I want to give us a moment this morning to respond for you to receive it. I want to say this, though. And two things. I don't want to give you an out if you feel like it's supposed to if it's you, if your heart is pounding, you may be like, man, the Lord, this is, I knew it. I knew it was coming. Been like kind of circling the drain on it. Then you need to come up. But if you're new to this whole thing, I don't feel any pressure whatsoever because all that's going to happen is you're going to be forced to come up here. It's not going to happen. You're going to, you're going to go back, sit down, feel less of yourself or bitter towards me and the church. Don't feel any pressure towards it. But I know there are some of us in here, it is time. It is time for you to receive this gift from the Holy Spirit that I believe, I know, will redefine your walk with the Lord. Y'all, it's what we believe in here. Don't all of a sudden say, well, I'm never coming back there. I really liked it up until that point. Well, what you really liked up until this point was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it was. It drives me crazy. I've heard it before. What? Thank you, Jesus. Everything here is the Holy Spirit. All of it. Except the bad stuff. That's us. That's just the truth. So we're going to have the elders and wives. Y'all come up now. They're going to be on the sides over here. This is what this is going to look like. We're going to worship just like we do every Sunday. I'm going to invite you to come up prayed for. Ben and the team is going to lead us in worship. And I want to ask a couple things. One, if you already speak in tongues, we're going to take some time. I just want you where you're at as we're worshiping to just do that from your seat. Quietly. Don't make a scene, please. You can sing in the spirit if you like. Please do not, this is not a time for any prophetic words. If you feel like you have a word for the church, you can come find me. I'll be right, you know, up at the front. Write it down, and we'll give it later. But this is not that time to, to speak it out. This is a time for just quiet response and, to, and let the Holy Spirit move. And I would say this too. If you don't speak in tongues and you're like, I'm not going up there, that's, that's fine. Just do this for me. Don't leave. Because I believe that even though today might not be your day, you will still be ministered to and blessed by how the Holy Spirit is moving in the room. So let's stand up. And also, if you came this morning, you, you speak in tongues every day. It's your jam. But you got something going on in your life that you need prayer for? Come up. We'll pray for you. This is not limited to those that need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the evidence of speaking in tongues. If you need prayer this morning for something else, we are here for you. So that's you this morning. I'm going to pray. Just come up as I'm praying. Father God, thank you for your good gifts that you give. 
You love your children and you only give us good things. Father, right now, Lord, I pray for those that don't have that prayer language, their own prayer language. And if it's like been on their heart, maybe heart beating out of their chest right now, Father, I pray, Jesus, that they would have the boldness and the courage to come forward and you would meet us at the altar here, Father, and that Holy Spirit, you would flow. You would flow, Holy Spirit, like a river in this place. God, that you would cover this time with grace and give us courage and boldness to take that step, Lord Jesus. Thank you for this gift, Lord. And I pray that those that receive this morning, God, that it would change, it would change their lives. It would change their lives, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you this morning. Move in the way that you want to move. Holy Spirit, you have authority. You have full authority to move in the way that you want to move. In Jesus' name we pray.